jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! I know this is the beginning of the show, but I've spent the last week thinking of the end of our show. Uh-oh. And how it always, I don't mean like the big end, like it's over. I mean like oh. the ending of each episode. <laughs> Our abrupt cancellation. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean like the end of every episode. Because the it just fizzles. You know what I mean? Because I always, oh, the social media. And then I never know how to end it. Right. And so it's just miserable every time. And I'm thinking about like other podcasts and how. They say something. They have like a line, you know. Oh, like a little catchphrase. Do they have a catchphrase? Yeah, like you know, faculty of horror always goes <laughs> class dismissed, and then Van Halen's hot for teacher play. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when they do that. Yeah, yeah, but they do that every episode, you know, like yeah. like. And so I just, I don't know. I wonder if we should come up with something like that. I think, I mean, if your question is, do we have a hair metal explosion as a way to outro our show? (laughs) I think the answer is yes and has always been within us. (laughs) Clearly. I don't know. There's There's that podcast that everybody likes, the true crime one, murder, whatever. Oh, horny, horny for murder dot com. We'd fuck murder if we could. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, but there's this like, stay sexy and don't get murdered or whatever. Right. Yeah, like things like that. And then the outro we plays. We need some kind of. It could alternate every week and then we have to create the additional work of having a different. Don't. Oh. Stay sexy and don't go into the woods alone. Uh, hey. You know. Right. We could solve this. Maybe we don't even need to do the labor. We just get an AI. Because, you know, it's everyone loves the AI right now. Oh, yeah. We get an AI and we put in prompts. Oh, that's still doing work, though. But we could have it generate cool horror cleverisms like that for us. Yeah, we'll feed it a bunch of those uh, British posters from World War II. You know, keep calm and carry on. <laughs> oh, my God. Keep calm and Doctor Who. Why? You know, they, they got, like, so stupid for a while there. <laughs> keep calm and Doctor Who. <laughs> That's as far as they tried. Yeah. Why, yeah. why did that become, like, the poster? Where everyone's like, I'm going to apply my witty phrase to yeah. this British wartime propaganda <laughs> effort <laughs> yeah why did yeah. that become the thing keep calm and drink more wine <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile it was like a way for people to not like completely lose their minds during the war like the oh relentless God. bombing yeah, so like are the blackout curtains drawn <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep calm and have some chocolate oh my God. So 
So if we had those, if it was like, and then it was AI. And so they might be yes. a little rough at the beginning as the program <sighs> learns how, because it'll start and it'll be like, keep calm and Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah, that will be as far <laughs> as it goes. But one day it will reach the point that the AI will know us and she'll say, keep calm in Rhonda Johnson's wig. Right. See, that's better. Like, it, it just, instead of actions, it just names nouns. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I think that, I think our AI bot could be the answer to all of our problems. Yeah. We could have AI chopping block. We could have mm. AI, AI us. Hey, there you go. Everyone's like, oh no, all the artists are going to be replaced by AI, which I don't, I don't think that's true. I think that's just like, you know, when Final Fantasy came out, the movie. <laughs> And everyone, yeah. We were all like, there's going to be no more actors. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we could replace ourselves willingly with AI and lead the way. Hey, there you go. Hey, listen, if AIs want to do this every week while I fuck off and watch Housewives or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. I'll just feed it a bunch of words, you know. <laughs> Teresa Judice, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis's wig. <laughs> like, just... Columbo. <laughs> Mama Moo. <laughs> no one will be able to tell. Honestly, actually, like the random shit we talk about, we could just enter anything into a prompt and people would just, well, she's talking about eggs again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. good old Gaylords. People don't, you don't know this. This could all be AI. This could have been AI for years. Mm hmm. People think Grammy was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the forefront of both animatronic and AI, artificial intelligence prompt-based technology, people. Mm -hmm. The AI in Grammy stands for internet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, listen. We were, you thought we were joking. Grammy was in active development at the time. Yes. Yes. The, there's our we have we have an r&d department here at kaylor's darkness that's right sub level one sub level one we have a hive just like we have a red queen Evil. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die down there <laughs> i'm just trying to get grubhub uh, well i think that's the answer and van halen a little van halen always keep common van halen you know what i mean oh my god <laughs> oh boy well speaking of keeping calm this movie today yeah lifetime month this is not a lifetime movie but it no. made <laughs> it's just become shorthand for made for tv at this point yeah yeah this is a, a segue movie into uh to ring in the new year soon can't, don't say that i can't believe it's here it's a year listen baby new year it's time for you to get diaped up oh, go, go, get your get your top hat and oh, your diaper my sash don't forget the sash of course, of course. <laughs> the sash is one of the most important ritual implements of baby new year yes yeah, this movie is nowhere near a Lifetime movie. It is made for TV. 1973. Uh, go ask Alice. I had actually never seen this before this. I had an eye. Th oh, I'm, oh, I'm actually kind of shocked you had it. Because this feels like this is vaguely adjacent to your wheelhouse. 
Well, of course, as a woman, uh, listen, there comes a time in every young woman's life when she must read, go ask Alice, and she must read Flowers in the Attic. This is just a part of the budding teen girl life, okay? It's like, they're cautionary tales, but they're smutty. It's your first exposure to smut. Yeah! That you are allowed to engage with, you know what I mean? And then the 12-year-olds all feel bad. Yeah. (laughs) They're so bad. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but I had never seen the movie. So you did, in fact, read the book course see i never read the book but i'm obsessed with the idea of it and i had a friend i had a friend that like fell deep into the book and she was like this parallels my she was very dramatic (laughs) and she was like talking about how she wasn't she needed help because she was smoking she was too too hooked on the banana peels that like (laughs) (laughs) it was like our friend's sister and she was trying to be cool and so she always tells these stories about all the drugs they were doing and then she read go ask alice she's like it just mirrors my journey yeah. <laughs> of smoking banana peels <laughs> yeah well okay at the it's actually fortuitous that we did this movie for this because right before we decided to do this movie i just finished reading a book uh called unmask alice <gasps> uh thanks for the hookup speaking of faculty of horror our dear palsy wowsy alex west at faculty of horror hooked me up with this unmask alice lsd satanic panic and the imposter behind the world's most notorious diaries hell yes by rick emerson and i highly recommend it it is a fascinating often infuriating story See, I might, so I have to read this because that's the, the draw for me is the cultural like meltdown of Go Ask Alice, right? Well, yes. Go Ask Alice was like one kind of meltdown and then. It was the precipice though for. Well, yeah, but then that, the woman who wrote Go Ask Alice would years later, Go Ask Alice came out in 71. um, And then Jay's journal came out in 79 and she also wrote jay's journal and jay's journal is the one that really like is why satanic panic right happened but that couldn't have happened without go ask alice which tapped into a whole other set of fears and paranoia of the united states (laughs) how wild that that author like um architected (laughs) which is a word i just invented how weird that she designed this um, first Go Ask Alice, which I think was already capitalizing on like the what, you know, post uh, free love, hippie, drug fear, countercultural youth. They're going to get your youth drug fears. Mm-hmm. These like burnout fears with children, which then as I was watching the film, I'm trying to think about how that then because co- I knew it was connected to Satanic Panic. But I was trying to think of how it how did, I was like, did that just evolve into the continuing snowball effect of fears generationally or but to know that she wrote another text that then immediately fueled that what's her problem she wanted to be a writer she wanted to be famous like it's such a complex web of a story that i i can't recommend unmask alice enough yeah so go ask alice purports to be the diary of a 15 year old girl who got caught up in the drug scene and her life fell apart and she died and it's a really sordid lurid tale 
and everybody just took it for a hundred percent truth love it we've never done that before as a society no and never since either (laughs) um it it kind of came at the fascinating time period in the united states history which we've talked about depending on what movies we're discussing like i think it's kind of you're more 60s i'm more 70s but like we both love that kind of the tumult of the united states during that era absolutely and this is like the kind of failure of the hippie movement the vietnam war uh manson like the, we cannot discount the impact that the manson murders had yeah on this country and like because look at those good girls who got hooked on drugs and look what happened to them well, before that, well, it was just it was just this myth of the American family, the post-war American family, nuclear family. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the hippie movement, the failure of the hippie movement, the backlash against the sort of hippie free love, whatever you want to call it, the backlash and retribution for that movement. Like, we're still dealing with it today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, I mean, it's generationally not far removed because the people that grew up in the 50s that then either became the hippies or saw the hippies and were afraid then had the kids that were growing up during Satanic Panic. And then now we have Teal Swan, who was one of the kids during Satanic Panic. But it's like, you know, everybody became afraid of drugs and black people and all like as society was like, hey, what if we moved forward? What if what if? we had civil rights what if we had women's lib like what if we had all these things there was a big crackdown on it richard nixon and his drug laws like all of these things kind of came together and go ask alice was the result yeah oh big messy casserole a big american casserole specifically because art linkletter who was like america's dad for a time you know what i mean uh, his daughter died by suicide, um, and it was said to be LSD-related. And so he went hardcore anti-LSD for a long time. He eventually course-corrected and was like, you know, I believed a lot of wrong shit about drug addicts and all of this. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but initially, he was like, this is poisoning our youth. We need to, like, clamp down, blah, blah, blah. And this woman named Beatrix Sparks uh, was... First of all, she was a Mormon, so you know she was a con artist. <laughs> Thank you for that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> like, all Mormons are fucking con artists. It's Thank the MLM you. capital of the United States, okay? Look at look at housewives. Look at real housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay, All those MLMs? They're swimming in MLMs. Mm-hmm. So she had written some things for Art Link Letters, uh like some copy for his family, whatever, whatever. And she was like, hmm, put all these things together. But she never got like a book deal. She never got all of this. And so she was like, hmm, how can I basically capitalize on his daughter's death? And then (gasps) Go Ask Alice was born and was published and was immediately a sensation. Like you could say that Beatrice Sparks created the young adult genre with this book. I mean, honestly, that's kind of where it came from. Like, I, I, I've recently read, like, the first gay young adult book, and that came out in, like, 1969, I think. But, as a yeah, the genre was really developing in that era, and this was the one that drew the most attention to that genre. This, you're shitting me. So Beatrix 
Potter. What was her name? <laughs> Beatrice Sparks. Beatrice Sparks. Mormon Griftress. Griftrix. <laughs> wrote this. There's been no greater like any other like Millie Vanilli forget it uh, <laughs> who's that uh you know who's that other one Ozzy Argento oh JT Leroy JT Leroy like Part forget it. all things yes 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 like forget them Beatrice Sparks is the biggest literary con artist of all fucking time you're gonna cream more than JT Leroy Anthony you were gonna cream your fucking jeans reading this book I'm telling you are you serious? is that a guarantee more yes. than JC Leroy. I'm sorry, Ozzy Argento and like Debbie Harry and like Winona Ryder like fucked JT. Le- okay, well, Ozzy Argento did. I don't know about Debbie Harry and Winona Ryder. <laughs> but they all hung out with JT Leroy. You're saying that this woman is so bonkers that it's bigger than Ozzy Argento sleeping with JT Leroy and being like, oh, wow, look at your pussy. <laughs> Whatever her story is about that. Yeah, like what? she she wanted her name on the book because she wanted to be a writer. She wanted to be known for writing this. But the editors at the publishing, I mean, Random House or whoever it was, were like, no, we're going to put Anonymous to lend it some credibility because her Beatrice Sparks' story was, I was a counselor and this young girl gave me her diary. Right. And so I just kind of, you know, edited it for clarity and I'm giving it to you. She never copped to just writing the thing whole cloth. Wow. See, the story that I that I had always operated, my my idea of my obsession with Go Ask Alice is really just uninformed um, deductions that I've pulled from the air. (laughs) So so she is. I, I had always assumed that she was like a psychiatrist, like a crazy psychiatrist, like all the crazy psychiatrists of Satanic Panic who just made shit up and wanted money. But she, she was... She said she was. She said That's she it. was a counselor. And she, then, first she said she was a counselor. Then she said she was a therapist. Then she said she was a psychiatrist. Then she became a psychologist. Then she became a PhD. Then she started calling herself Dr. B. She wrote these books what? up until the 90s. She was still writing. the 90s? I knew she did multiple, but I didn't know. Till the 90s? Till the 90s. And she started, at first it was like, oh, you know, she was, they became case studies because she was a doctor. She would make up like, oh, here's the quotes from uh, somebody's doctor. And it would be like, this book is so important so that we don't have any more Alice's from Dr. So-and-so, parentheses, Alice's doctor. She would just do that and no one fucking fact check anything. She made it all up. Well, okay, culturally, look where she's coming from. She had Joseph Smith to look up to. Yes. Who was literally... Being like, okay, friends, come over. I'm going to put the rocks up to my eyes and look in a hat. And I'm going to tell you what God is showing me on the tablets. And then you're going to write it down. So she she got her rocks and her hat and made up all of this bullshit. There was a an infinitesimal nugget of truth in them the size of like a grain of sand. Basically, she was not a therapist. She was a volunteer at Brigham Young University uh, in the teen psych ward. The volunteers were the ones who, like, turned on the television and folded the clothes. That's what she was, okay? Somehow, people thought she was a counselor and a doctor. And there was a young woman who was having some sort of mental break. And they called... 
whoever was on hand, and it was Beatrice Sparks. And so she came, the young woman left this program, uh, but she and a friend she had made there were exchanging letters. It sounded like the woman was, like, depressed, basically. She was like, God hates me! And remember, these are all Mormon youths, so what's worse than God hating you? So the friend wrote a letter to Beatrice Sparks and said, like, I don't know what to do, because she thought Beatrice Sparks was a counselor, because that's how she posed. And so Beatrice Sparks got in this letter chain with the two of them and said, ooh, how can I use this to write a book? And that's how Go Ask Alice became. That's how it was born. Jay's journal, there was a young Mormon man who committed suicide because he was like a misfit. He didn't like the church. He liked black people. He, and he, he was prone to depression. All of this, his girlfriend broke up with him. Life was going nowhere. He was 17. He killed himself. His parents found his journal and thought, maybe this could do some good, could shine a light on like kids who are depressed and what they're going through. He had been in the drug scene for a while, all of this kind of stuff. Hey, the person who edited Go Ask Alice, who is a doctor, will be able to help us. So they gave the journal to Beatrice Sparks, who then was like, you know what this journal needs? Satanism. (laughs) She said, I need more zazz. Yes. So she wrote in all of this shit about like ritual satanic rites. And oh, my girlfriend and I had sex and we slit a cow's throat and we were fucking on the grave stones and all of this. And because Go Ask Alice was seen as this absolutely 100% true story, so was Jay's journal. What? And the next thing you know, the police are like, we need to investigate ritual satanic abuse because this is happening. And there you go. Satanic panic. Because this is coming from the doctor and she's the doctor. She didn't, she doesn't lie. She does her checkups with rocks and hat. What? And she, like I said, she kept doing it. She, you know, to, to mixed results, but she was, she wrote one about somebody in the nineties called it happened to Nancy. And and like and then she started to like self-insert as Dr. B. And so the journal would be like, boy, my mom said that I'm gonna get a visit today from the doctor who wrote Go Ask Alice. Dr. Oh, B. I can't God. wait. <laughs> <laughs> that one came out in the 90s. And what ha- what happened to Nancy? Nancy got AIDS after she was raped. Oh my god! I was so ready for what happened to Nancy until I heard what it's about. <laughs> oh no. Dude, I'm telling you, it's insane that this this woman never faced any repercussions for any of this shit. Never faced. So this movie came out in 1973. The book was published in 71 and was an absolute sensation. Millions of copies sold. It's still on the shelves. Like Oh yeah. And the movie, this TV movie, was so popular that one third of the households in the United States watched it the night it was broadcast. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Like, I'm just, I'm just hit speechless with the terror of being an American. <laughs> Man, reading the book, reading the book, and reading all of the like Nixon era shit, and I had just watched 
all the president's men the other night and i'm just like oh my god <laughs> this country like we shouldn't be surprised by what's happening today because it's just always been happening isn't that the it, it's always been happening but we there is an illusion at least in my schooling there is an illusion that like life was fine and normal and good until until vietnam <laughs> and then everything shifted and then things got real bad after 9 11 and that's when QAnon happens. But even thinking, even thinking about like satanic panic and thinking about like like QAnon, satanic panic, it's all the same thing. It's oh, all the, the same cycle that just keeps reproducing itself because we've built these, we've built um the the tenants that allow this to continue to replicate itself are just so ensconced in our culture. Absolutely. Satanic panic never ended. No. Like it, it didn't end. And no, like I had to drag queens. Yeah, and now it's drag queens. Like I had the, I'll call it a pleasure, to <coughs> tell my mom about uh, the whole Wayfair cabinets <laughs> conspiracy. A cabinet named Melinda. <laughs> yeah, because she was like, "Oh, I found this chair or something that she liked on Wayfair," and I was like, "You better make sure it's a chair." Is it thirty thousand dollars? <laughs> She was like, what are you talking about? I thought she was going to wet her pants. She was laughing so hard. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, everybody knows the Wayfair cabinets thing. Like, like Wayfair is a, what, furniture overstock website, basically. And they yeah. had, all of their furniture is named, like, human names. <laughs> so the chair my mom wanted is, like, Abby or whatever. <laughs> it's like an American girl doll. But yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> human trafficking furniture <laughs> yeah and so they had some website glitches or errors or something and so like an armoire would be listed at thirty thousand dollars and it would but because it was named after people it'd be like the jennifer's thirty thousand dollars and so crazy QAnon people are like oh my god they're selling children on the website i want to order one jennifer please <laughs> Julia $30,000 in a cabinet. <laughs> it's so good. The Wayfair cabinets is my favorite thing that has ever happened. It's so ridiculous. I have never loved anything more than the Wayfair <laughs> cabinets human trafficking scheme. <laughs> but the, the terror is like, I can laugh and enjoy a cabinet named Julia for $30,000. But that that affects voting, yes, and that that affects people getting murdered with guns because people go online, they read that there is something. I'm going to try to be empath empathic, empathetic. There is something missing in their lives, or there is something that is already there is something that has they have been wronged. They're, they're the sim they are experiencing the symptoms of 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 what the the death of capitalism in the United States. They're experiencing all the same things that we're experiencing, but they process it differently. And yeah, when we when they're like, not gay, they're not gay. <laughs> when they don't know life is shit. <laughs> yeah. So when we say like, what is the solution to this? Why is this happening? And we're like, oh, it's the rich people. Yeah, structural oppression. Structural oppression. Um, systemic issues. Going back hundreds of years, they say 
it's the pedophiles who are selling children in cabinets on wayfair.com yeah yeah because because someone got too high and they <laughs> or because they're mormon grifters or because they're sherry shriner and they had a they had a aol talk show or something and then someone they, someone needs an answer they find an answer and for whatever reason they believe it and then that turns into someone getting shot or a capital insurrection or marjorie taylor green in office it's easy. That's the easier route. It's not easy to fix systemic issues, obviously. And like the idea that we need an entire upheaval in this country for anything uh, to resemble any kind of equality or fairness or whatever. The easy answer is elect Donald Trump because Hillary Clinton is running a pedophile ring in the basement of a pizza. Pizza. Parlor. That is something that has an easy solution to it. Yep. Put Hillary Clinton in jail and our problems will be solved. Yep. So what was it? So this, I mean, all of that traces back to Satanic Panic and Go Ask Alice. And those are all just, I mean, these are just modern. That's just 2.0. It's like in Star Wars. I never understood when I saw the first reboot. I was like, or the J.J. Abrams one. (laughs) I was like, I don't understand why the emperor is, why the empire's back. Because, like, the Emperor died, you know? Like, you remember? Darth Vader's like, my son. And then and then he gets all electric inside. And you see, like, Darth Vader's skeleton. And then he throws the Emperor over. And the Emperor's like, ah! And then he blows up. And then it's over. So you're like, the Emperor's, the Empire's done. But then I, I was like, well, so why are they back in this one? But then growing up a little bit, I learned the Empire will never go away, baby. The Empire will always come back. So my question is... What is, what was it before Go Ask Alice and the Satanic Panic? Oh, communism. Oh, which witches. Oh, vampires. <laughs> it's always existed. Yeah. It's just, there's Women somebody, voting. it's just, who are you pointing the finger at this? Like, who's the culprit this time? Yeah. That's all it is. I mean, Satanic Panic, it's like, it's crazy to think back on it. It's like, and how recent some of these things, like West Memphis three was Uh early 90s that's absolutely satanic panic it was so mainstream like oprah winfrey had people on her show to talk about this kind of like oh they suffered the ritual satanic abuse like these absolute grifters on her show and that was like mainstream shit and i bet she wouldn't want to talk about it if you asked her today isn't it awful to think about and confront the sheer horrors that oprah winfrey like much like pandora that she had just unleashed upon the planet yeah (laughs) like i i like oprah i want to like oprah but like a world without satanic panic and Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz running for whatever he ran for. Mm-mm. So it's just you when you come to realize how cyclical it all is. Yeah. Well, and now that it direct now that it is becoming an issue where like, I don't know if you saw the the drag queen, whatever they were doing some drag show and then like armed <laughs> like a militia stormed like the. Uh, uh, this like electrical plant power plant whatever shut down the entire power grid like domestic terrorists are literally (laughs) trying to stop drag shows because they're convinced that drag shows exist for the sole purpose of grooming children and it's like what (laughs) why is this happening because we've created um we've created the, the 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 idea that there is this like insidious underbelly of different people that want to control your children and do horrible things. It's always in the name of the children. 
It's always the children. It's always saving the children from these things. But it's, it's you know, all the way back to the roots of this country. That's the thing. Like, that, you know, it's so deep. Yeah. Well, and to an extent, I mean, that's what all the Romero films are about, in a way. Like, I mean, they were about, they were about the you know, civil rights and the changing, the changing of the guard or whatever, you know, new cultural values, this like this uh, extinction of, of a cultural mindset leading into something new and terrifying. But I mean, thinking about how we phrase things in terms of the children, it's always phrased in terms of the children because the children is code for your current way of life will not be replicated. And the status quo needs to maintain that it's, it's that it is replicated and that it is maintained. So for that to be in danger, that's, that's endangering the children. So really, like, I mean, those Romero films, it's, it's yeah, it's the fear of yourself becoming obsolete or becoming, um, it, it's the terror of, I mean, it's what my sister said, my <laughs> very white sister, when when I, I got in an argument with her about um, the Tiki Torch Rally. Charles, that was Charleston, right? And she said, she said, Anthony, I, it's not, they're not Nazis. They're just concerned about the silencing of white voices. And it's like, they're not being silenced. <laughs> White voices are the loudest voices and the only heard voices sometimes. Anytime there's there's advancement by the minority, whatever minority it is, against the status quo, anytime there's advancement, there's always backlash. Yeah. You know, there's always backlash. It's just that now the backlash is getting more and more extreme because of the gun problems in this country. Oh my God. And the internet and all of these things. And so it's like, it's becoming terrorism. Absolutely. And I mean, satanic panic was terrorism. There are people who were still in jail in the early 2000s. For their satanic crimes? Yes. Oh my God. But it's anytime there's any, you know, the hippie movement saying like, maybe there's another way to do these things. Like that fell apart really quickly. Civil rights take some steps forward. Here comes the backlash. Oh, gays can get married now. Okay, well, we're going to shoot you in the nightclub. Yep. Twice. Twice. You have nowhere to go. And so it's just getting to the point now where people are afraid to go to the movies. Dude. (sighs) For any number of reasons. But I mean, just like, people are afraid to go to the movies because they don't want to die. What do I do? I screen movies and I do drag. (laughs) I think about death now before i do a show every time and as i'm doing the show i don't want to think that it's terrifying a kid just got shot in front of our down our street in front of high in front of their high school like it's so out of control and if we throw in the economic issues that are happening in this country right now thanks you know thanks in part to the pandemic a recession and inflation are hitting are hitting the entire world really hard but you know, add that anxiety to everything. And it's just like, what is coming? Yeah. Yeah. So these things that seem on the, on the one hand, there's such a camp value. It's something like, go ask Alice. It's so campy. The movie, it plays like something you'd watch in health class, you know, to warn you about STDs or something like that. And even the books are like crazy. Like the language, like Beatrice Sparks was a Mormon housewife. She was like 50 when Go Ask Alice was published. Like you could imagine the language is pretty square. (laughs) (laughs) 
And yet it resonated. It did. I know you like joked about the banana peels, but the part of the reason why it was so popular wasn't just because parents were seeing it as a cautionary tale they had to tell their kids about, but there were kids who related to it. Gay kids related to this stuff. Yeah. Anybody who was the outcast related to this and was like, this could be my story. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's like exactly what was happening with my friend that got so into it, which is like why to then buy into it or to validate it in a way to feel seen by it is very strange. But understandable, I guess, right? If you're in that place. I can appreciate like how goofy the language is or like, you know, when you read like stuff that happens in it happened to Nancy. It's just like, <laughs> this is so over the top. And like, I'm... I'm just in love with that title. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just cuckoo crazy town, but the repercussions are so real and so pressing today as we're sitting here recording a fucking podcast in 2022. So that's the problem is I want to love it. <laughs> right. I, I Like you're saying, I, yes, I joke about the potato peel. Yes, I, lo- I'm obs- I, c- I can say I'm obsessed with like the the air around Go Ask Alice in the same way that I'm a, I'm kind of obsessed with Satanic Panic. The Warrens. The you know? Warrens, like clowns. I'm obsessed with the, I'm obsessed with the white nonsense clownery around all of this and, and, and the camp value. Yes, the, the, there's this, there's, um, there's the Helen Hunt flying out the window on drugs after school special. There's like any of that kind of material that ultimately was so camp and so over the top and so egregious that it, it directly led the way for satire like Strangers with Candy to take off. Like, I love that. But at the same time, even as I was thinking that watching this last night, I think, but is that how does that balance out with the real life repercussions of people buying into this at face value and not seeing the camp. I can turn on the DVD for Go Ask Alice because yes, I rented the DVD of it and it was still, I thought it would be better than YouTube and it was still potato. But uh, I put it on and it starts up the menu. It's like you hear a, you know, you hear a knockoff. Like it's a Canadian version of White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Oh yeah. The whole soundtrack is Dollar Tree greatest hits of yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Kids Bob Canada yeah. versions of classic rock songs. Yeah. And so you hear like, uh, um, Frace flick singing yeah. <laughs> one panel makes you larger <laughs> and then you see you see on the dvd menu alice looking staring at her hand in green lighting <laughs> like i i love that i want to love that but it is it is um systemically fucked <laughs> yeah that's you know having to reconcile those things i would like to just uh, note this is also on tubi that's where i watched it so ah, there if we people go. would like to see it it's on tubi um yeah it's like reconciling the boy i kind of enjoy the pageantry and pomp and all the neat costumes of like the catholic church right. you know what i mean right with, with, like reconcile that with like actual repercussions of catholicism Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up Catholic. Maybe that's why I'm in a drag. I don't know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the movie, like I said, it plays like a movie from health class for sure. Uh, But the cast is crazy. Uh, (sighs) Let me let me guess. You like hot nerd dad William Shatner. (laughs) I 
love it. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely what my sound was. I wrote, like, I, I knew William Shatner was in it because he's the first name that pops up on the cast list. I didn't even recognize him for quite some time. Thank you! I was like, when does the Shatner show up? Like, I thought, I thought, I thought that he was gonna be, like, so Andy Griffith shows up later. And cool you th- priest. Cool priest. You think he's, like, a janitor at first because he has, like, a broom or something and he's like, ah, oh, hello. <laughs> and, and you think he, you like, you, and then it, he's reve- it's revealed that he's the cool priest that's gonna, like, really help Alice maybe, maybe this time. And uh, I thought that's, like, William Shatner was gonna be, like, the doctor, the counselor, the priest that shows up at the end. And so I'm, like, watching and waiting and I'm like, well, who's this hot dad? But where's William Shatner? <laughs> and then my notes literally say, wait, wait a second is that hot william shatner yeah jason and i lost our mind jason was like it's like if you take oliver reed and cross him with william shatner yeah it's perplexing so there is that mom is julie adams hell yeah creature from the black lagoon fame a little baby Mackenzie phillips shows up eventually oh my god oh Mackenzie. Yeah. So Alice is a nerd, kind of, who doesn't really fit in. She's worried about her weight. She's got all these teen anxieties. She's 15. She goes to a new school because her hot nerd dad gets a job. <laughs> she makes a nerd friend, it's Beth. So and I say, They're gay. Lezzies. <laughs> like, I know what the language, like, what the lingo at the time was, but, like, when she's, when Alice is asking her friend Beth, like, do you suppose girls like us ever get married? And sometimes I wish every straight kid could be turned on like I was. Yep. I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those gay kids saw themselves in Alice as well. Even if they weren't on drugs, they were still outcasts, you know? There is no universe in which I could watch this and I do not see her and Beth as gay. Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. literally, look at the look at the triggering event that gets Alice on drugs. Beth goes to camp for the summer, and then Alice is dosed with LSD at a party, and from there, it's a prompt downhill slide into hell. Yep. Next thing she knows, Beth's got a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So now she's got to try the harder drugs to grapple with her girlfriend hooking up with a man. She tries every drug known to man. She starts kind of dating dating is too strong a word a uh, drug dealer she starts dealing drugs herself she's holding yeah <laughs> until she finds out that this drug dealer boyfriend of hers is sleeping with a lot of girls and so she freaks out and she and her friend christy steal the money of the drug dealers and they run away and then it gets real bad they're like enslaved by like a sex freak couple who tries to essentially turns them into cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's real uh it doesn't say things in so many words, you know what I mean? It doesn't spell out a lot of things. The book is much more sorted. Well, and they even say in the beginning like, "Oh, this has been this is the true diary of a 15-year-old Mormon grifter girl." Uh, but this the content has been edited for uh family viewing. Cuz you're watching this with your t- with your TV trays and your Hormels and etc. I believe she does actually dabble in lesbianism in the book. Really? 
I mean, that would make sense because it seems like this is just what gets this lady off, right? Yeah. <laughs> like whatever horrible thing she could think of. Yeah. And then the clowns uh, turned her into a cabinet and then her girlfriend went <laughs> Uh, So she's, you know, uh, living in squalor and despair until she meets cool priest Andy Griffith who says, uh, let's call your parents. So just like E.T., Alice phones home. <laughs> <laughs> she goes home she goes totally straight and clean but she has a hard time because you know the straights don't want her because she used to use drugs and the users don't want her because she's not using drugs anymore right it's like in selena when selena's family is like well in uh, mexico we're too american for the mexicans and in america we're too mexican for the americans that's right just like it just like it <laughs> Uh, but you know what? She feels pretty great until she goes to a babysitting gig one fateful night. <laughs> I mean, which fateful babysitting gig, right? There's right. a couple of them. <laughs> where, well, there's one where her friend who was supposed to babysit has a drug freak out and shows up. That's one thing. But the fateful babysitting visit she drinks half a drink out of the fridge and it was dosed she promptly goes insane she goes completely insane ends up in the hospital in the book it's like oh no my she like pictures her grand her zombie grandfather like it gets really gory and like his rotting corpse and the worms and the bug yeah it's crazy yeah so she ends up in the hospital because she had a total freak out uh but afterwards when they're like it wasn't your fault and the baby's fine don't worry about it she's like yay i feel awesome and you think (laughs) things are really gonna turn around for alice but then we get a voiceover from her mother who's like oh by the way alice died alice is dead now (laughs) (laughs) she stopped writing in her diary and she died yeah the end it's so abrupt it really is like she meets a nice boy who's like a ta or something and then he there's he goes over to the family house and everyone turns it into like a huge deal anytime he shows up everyone has to stand in the foyer and watch uh (laughs) they have him over for cold ham and potato salad (laughs) and and then he sees her off to go about her new life and then it freeze frames she's dead (laughs) it's so fucked up that's the story of poor alice it's interesting too that so many of these stories satanic panic go ask alice that they're the the drug meltdowns the satanic ritual abuse it's is it not interesting that they're almost all of those stories i never really thought about it until you said how many instances of babysitting gigs are in here it the all the stories usually revolve around babysitting because it's like well it's this new upcoming generation who's just about to be adults who are around your children so it's your children but also the younger children that are being affected it's interesting man heterosexuality when combined with like religion and uh wealth is so fucked up it's a curse <laughs> like, the twisted ways that they use the kids and the idea of their self-replication or whatever to achieve their ends fucked up the idea of somebody living outside the lines is just such an affront to them that they just have they must destroy they must absolutely destroy what can you do about it go vote everybody go vote (laughs) vote (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry yeah, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Well, Stacy, with all of that said, are you ready to place your head on the chopping block? Not this week, <gasps> dude. What, you bucking tradition at Christmas? No more status quo for me, okay? What is this war on the holidays? I don't, I'm sure Beatrice Sparks will be like... Stacy said no. <laughs> that's the title. <laughs> yeah, that's the title of her next journal that she finds. <laughs> the AI Beatrice Sparks. Yes. <laughs> the Beatrice Sparks hologram, right? Stacy said no. <laughs> she takes takes my journals, cuts out all the Mama Moo content. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So no, no chopping block this week. I love that. I love. I applaud you. Um, saying no. Thank you. See, the eighties were great. Just say no. <laughs> See, Nancy Reagan was an icon. <laughs> she absolutely was, and not just the BJ Queen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this week instead of the chopping block, what we are going to do is some kind listener uh, asked for snowy winter christmas horror movies so we decided to have a little uh recommendation time here yeah so we have uh like we're not gonna i mean most of these you've probably seen but these are snowy wintry christmasy horror movies that we like yeah absolutely we basically said hey we should do that this week okay let's both come up with our lists and so then anthony sent me a list and i said it was literally almost exactly the same as my list there were a couple of titles that you had that i hadn't seen and vice versa anyway what <laughs> I, should i name the ones that we did together okay and then we'll do ours separately sure okay okay people these are the movies we both immediately said absolutely both of us uh movies like orphan Fuck yeah. Starring a favorite Estonian dwarf queen. Uh, great <laughs> snow scene in which a, um, an icon dies. Uh, the children, not to be confused with the 80s children. This is the more recent children, 2000 something that we did not too long ago, probably years ago at this point. I love the children. So good. Yeah. So wicked. Uh, and, and also two holidays. It's Christmas and New Year's. Mm-hmm. Uh, dial, uh, Cold Prey 1 and 2. Hell yeah. Uh, come for the first one, stay for the second one. Superior slasher movies. So fucking good. Curtains? Fuck yeah! That ice skating scene at Christmas? What's more iconic? Uh, we threw in Dead Snow, the first Dead Snow. I think that's an an enjoyable film. I'm not a big fan of the second one, but, you know. Never saw the second one. I said I'm good with one. Yeah, you honestly, one and done. You don't need anything more. It's a stupid, fun movie. That's Um, right. Let the right one in sure love let the right one in it's classic i i actually don't care about watching the remake or the (laughs) the new tv series um and of course last christmas (laughs) the the emma thompson classic (laughs) it's got a ghost it's queer horror right yes yes 100 percent and also, <laughs> because they're classics and must be included, I mean, this is so obvious, people. Black Christmas. 
Yeah. Hello. The thing. The. And the shining. Doi. Snow, 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 snow. <laughs> Three perfect movies that you can't not mention. No, they're just, they're go-tos. Like, the fact that we should even have to mention them is crazy town. Yeah. So. So, my movies uh, that Anthony didn't mention, uh, Shredder, an early 2000s slasher movie that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's really stupid, but I like it. And Kwaidan, which is a Japanese anthology movie, and there is a segment called The Woman of the Snow. It's such a beautiful movie. It's a creepy movie. If you've never seen Kwaidan, go watch it. I second this. I should have added this to our full list. Kwaidan, uh, incredible. Particularly the Women of, Women of the Snow segment, which is like one of my favorite folk legends from Japan. It's so cool. She's so cool. I gotta see Shredder. You do. It's fun. It's really stupid. You sounded convinced when you said you do. <laughs> I mean it. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I included films such as Dial Code Santa Claus. It's so good. It's the original Home Alone, um, but with a scary killer. Santa's Slay with, I mean, only because Fran Drescher, Rebecca Gayhart, and Chris Kattan all get murdered in the opening sequence. <laughs> By, what's his name? Goldberg. The Right. It, or is that Goldberg? Is yeah. that Goldberg? Mm-hmm. Yes. Love him. I love a wrestler. I actually really like a lot of wrestlers. Oh, really? I like, I think some of them are cool, like Goldberg or um, Mankind. I really like Mankind as a human being. <laughs> don't know him there's a documentary about al what's his name al mick foley it's good oh. anyway um, and that's unrelated and of course the chill factor how could i not include the chill factor it's a terrible movie if there's an incest plot line that makes no sense i'm obsessed so there you go all of those movies yay watch them people it's it's the, it's, um, the holiday it is the holiday this is it for us. We're done for 2022, baby. That's it. We're do- we're not coming back. Not this year. Not this. Oh. Uh huh. <laughs> we'll be back in 2023. I mean, if 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 this is possible, we'll be back. Of course, you never know. Asteroid could happen. Whatever. Oh my god. Well. What if that happened? What if it did? You, if, you would be like Cassandra of Troy. They'd be like, it all went back to that goddamn lesbian on that podcast. That's saying, right. She invited it in. That's right. Well, we'll see, I guess. We will. Uh, in the meantime, our social media and stuff, you can find old episodes as well at gaylordsofdarkness.com. So until next year. <laughs> AI. This is where we need AI. <laughs> Keep calm. And Mama Moo. Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! God. Oh Oh my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords!